gospel lesson appointed for this Sunday is from Matthew chapter 25. Jesus says, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us, both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. It's good to be prepared. We like to prepare ourselves for different situations so that things don't catch us unaware. We like to be prepared for whatever we're going to face. And sometimes we do prepare ourselves, and, but you just can't totally. Right, we do the best that we can, but, but you just can't fully prepare yourself. Last Sunday, uh, my wife and older daughter were in Wisconsin for our daughter's choral fest, and it was just my youngest daughter, 14-year-old Katie, and I home alone for the weekend. And I thought, well, what's something that I can do with a 14-year-old girl? So we weren't able to get Taylor Swift concert tickets when she was here, way back when she started her tour. But she's got a movie, right, where you can go in the movie theater and watch the entire concert. So I tried to prepare myself for two hours and 45 minutes of Taylor Swift. <laughs> I don't know if you can really prepare yourself for that, but what I didn't expect, what I didn't know was going to happen, was that we get there, two minutes before the show starts, and we're the only ones in the theater. That's weird, because these were the only two tickets left. And then they start pouring in, these little girls and their moms, a birthday party, Taylor Swift birthday party that basically had rented out the entire theater except for our two seats, and two hours and 45 minutes, not just of Taylor Swift, but little girls and grown women dancing and screaming and running around. <laughs> I could not prepare myself for that as much as I wanted to. Right? We like to be prepared, but much more serious situations in life that we want to be prepared for. Right? Um, it, we're happy, our family's happy now. It's finally the weather's cooled down. We're actually going to get out and hike a little bit more than in the summer months. You actually go out during the middle of the day now. It's cool enough. But even now, when the weather's cooled down, you need to prepare to go out and hike, don't you? You have to have the necessary things. You gotta have plenty of water. You gotta have a good map. All right, you have to have good shoes on. You've gotta have a first aid kit. 
Now, when we were on our way out here, when we moved out here a little over four years ago, uh, we, we stopped in Texas at Palo Duro Canyon State Park, and uh, it, it was just, we had a long day of driving, and it was the end of June, a long day of driving, we just needed to stretch our legs, and we had our dog, and he needed some exercise, so we got this, you know, the, the state park map that they give you, that's just got some lines on it, it's not a, really a good map, right? doesn't really give you a whole lot of detail. So we're like, oh, this is a short little hike here. Let's just take this little walk. And so we started out with two 12-ounce bottles of water for five of us and a dog, thinking we're just going to stretch our legs a little bit. And we got to where we thought was a loop, and the trail just ends. And we're out of, basically out of water, and our dog is panting. And uh, so I called the number on the state park thing and say, well, this map shows that this goes through here. Oh, no, those maps aren't right. Like, oh, great. So we had to come back all the way around, and every single little piece of shade that our dog could find, he would stop, and we'd let him rest, and we'd let him finish our water. We made it back safely, all five of us and the dog, but we weren't quite prepared for what that hike had in store, right? Preparation's so important, as best as we can. Think about some even more serious situations in life. Think about... Having a baby, the preparation that goes into that, getting everything ready to welcome a new baby into your home. But yet, it doesn't, you can't be prepared for everything, can you? How do you prepare for a screaming child at two in the morning? What do I do? Preparing for retirement. It's important, isn't it? You just don't decide one day, I'm going to retire. You have a plan on how that's gonna go, how you can retire, your savings, your investments, right? all of that is important. And still, it may not go exactly the way you thought it was going to. We prepare for our death, don't we? Right, those of us who are maybe getting a little older, you, I hope you have a will. And you have laid out what is gonna happen with your, your money, with your property, your belongings, that that is all laid out, right? Preparation is important. Jesus wants us to be prepared too, for the end, for death, or for the last day. And not that your will is in good order and that you have everything set on where your property and your money is going to go to, to who. No, he wants you to be prepared for your eternity. And that's what this parable before us is all about. Being prepared. Being ready. This parable fits in this two-chapter discourse of Jesus about the end and what to expect in the end times. So we're not going to be able to review all of it. Maybe this assignment for this week. Go and read Matthew 24 and 25. And this is in Holy Week. Jesus has rode into Jerusalem triumphantly on Palm Sunday, and Good Friday is looming very closely. But yeah, what is he focused on? Not his suffering and not what he's going to have to go through, but on warning. Lovingly warning the people that he came to save to be ready, to be prepared for the end. For their end. The, the parable is, is rather easy 
for us to understand, isn't it? Maybe we need a little bit of context on, on a Jewish wedding, as their, their customs are very different than, than our normal customs. Right, so what would happen is they, the, 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 uh, the bride and the, and the groom would be betrothed to each other. In a sense, they'd be already in the eyes of everyone married, but they wouldn't live together yet. Right, so that's why you know, the whole thing with Joseph and Mary at the beginning, right, well, they, 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 were, they were married but not living together yet or having relations together, that, that's the period that they were in. Right, so you had this period, it could, be, it could be weeks, it could be months, where they're married to each other but they're not living together. And so what was normally happening during that time was the groom was getting their home ready. Right? And, and near the end of that time, when the home was ready and the, the bride and the groom were ready to begin their lives of living together, the, the, that married couple, there would be a party. And it would start at the groom's house. And then he would have a triumphal procession, a celebration, where they, he would process to his bride's house. And along the way, the bridesmaids would meet him and join in that procession. And they would have a party there at the, at the bride's house, at her father's house when they got there. And that's the context of what's going on here. The groom is getting ready to process to his bride's house. And these, the, the original calls them virgins, or these are the bridesmaids, are, are there waiting. Waiting to, for that bridegroom to join in the procession. But, but as you can guess in this time, there was sometimes delays. Uh, sometimes there'd be a, a little gathering at the, at the groom's house that would delay that party that would delay that procession at the, uh, to, the, to the bride's house. And so that's what they're waiting on. They're waiting on the, on the groom. They're waiting for him to come. And it's evening time. And they've, they've, they've got their lamps so that they can join in that fest, festive procession to the bride's house and be a part of that celebration. But he's a long time in coming, and so these, these 10 bridesmaids, they fall asleep waiting for him to come, but then the call comes. The bridegroom is coming, and they wake up, and five of them realize, we didn't bring enough oil. Our lamps are going to go out. And so they say to the five who brought oil along, extra oil in jars, give us some of your oil, and they say, there might not be enough for both of us. Go, go quick and buy some from the people who sell oil and, and get back here as quick as you can. But they do that, but they don't make it back in time. They miss the procession. The doors to the banquet are closed and they are not allowed in. It's pretty easy to understand, isn't it? Knowing the context of what Jesus is, is teaching up here, being prepared, being ready for the end. You need to be ready for the bridegroom to come. Because it seems like he's a long time in coming, but he's coming. He will come, and we need to be ready for him so that we can join that festal procession and be welcomed into the banquet, the banquet of heaven, the heavenly banquet for eternity. So the question for, for you today is, are you prepared? Are you ready? I mean, what's your plan to be prepared for when the bridegroom comes?
when Jesus comes back. You have an invitation to the banquet, just like those bridesmaids. You are invited. It's yours. And if you miss out on that, whose fault is it? Was it the bridegroom's fault because they weren't prepared for his coming? No. Whose fault will it be if you miss out on that banquet? It's yours. So what are you doing to prepare? I mean, the bridegroom is coming. We don't know when. But we want to be ready. We want to have enough oil in our jars so that we can welcome him and join that festal procession. I mean, how terrible of a thing would it be to be left standing outside and hear the words of the bridegroom, I don't know you. You know, there's a part of this story where it seems kind of strange where these, these five who have oil don't share with those who don't have. And it seems selfish. I mean, what, what, just give them a little bit of oil so that they can be there. But what's the point of that part of the parable? Well, it'd be kind of like if you're out in the middle of nowhere in the dark and you have a flashlight with batteries in it and someone has a flashlight who doesn't have batteries in it and they say, can I use your batteries? Well, then I don't have batteries and I can't see. Right, so what's the point of this? This is a personal thing. Your faith, your readiness is a personal thing between you and Jesus. Someone else can't make you ready. And what does this look like? Just because you have saving faith isn't going to save your child if they've strayed from their faith. Your faith does them no good. You can't say, well, my grandfather was a pastor, and so that's, that's, that's good for me. No, it's not. Or, or my great-great-grandparents built that church. It doesn't count. It's your faith. That's what matters. This is talking about personal responsibility for our own faith and being ready ourselves for his coming again. The Greek word here for foolish in the original language is really the word that our English word moron comes from. And so, you know me well enough, most of you, that I love you and I care about you, but let me just say to you very clearly, don't be a moron. I'm serious, don't be a moron. Don't be foolish. You, you know what you need to do. You know that you have to be prepared. You know that Jesus is coming back. Don't be a moron. Don't be foolish. You got to be prepared. You got to be ready because he is coming. And so you got you to look at your life and say, what, have I been foolish? Am I being a moron with how I'm living my life and what's important to me and where my priorities are? I mean, you have a lot of important things going on in your life. There's no doubt about that. But how easy it is for those important things to push aside the most important thing. Because all of those other important things that you're doing right now in your life, 
As important as they may be, they're just for now. They're only for right now. The most important thing, the main thing, the most important priority that you need to have as you wait cannot get pushed out by anything else because then you're being a moron. You're being foolish. You will not be ready. And I don't want you standing outside, knocking on the door, and for you to hear the voice of Jesus, I don't know you. It's good for us to examine our hearts and our lives today and, and consider at this very moment, Jesus has not come back. Would I be ready for him to come? Am I prepared? Is there enough oil in my lamp? Do I've got, do I've got a spare in the jar while I wait? so that I can join that festal procession, so that I can be welcomed into those heavenly banquets. We need to be prepared. Because the only thing that's going to matter when that bridegroom comes is not, is not what title you have at your job, or how much money you have in the bank, or how many sports your kids are involved in. It, none of those things matter when that bridegroom comes. What matters is your faith. That's your most important priority. It's the most important thing. And so what's your preparedness plan for that? What are you doing to prepare? How are you getting ready? Well, you're here. And that's a good thing. You're here where you get to be reminded of that coming again of that event that everyone is going to have to be a part of. You're being reminded that, you know, maybe you won't make it to that last day. Maybe your death day is going to come first. Are you ready for that day? Are you prepared? Because coming here is reminding you that I am mortal and that I don't deserve to be in that heavenly wedding banquet that I deserve to hear the voice of Jesus say, I don't know you. But here you come, and you get to come to this banquet. And you get to hear again in his word how much he loves you. And what he's done for you. And how he's given you that faith to believe. It's here that you get to come over and over and over and get your jars refilled. When we have the sacrament and you get to take and eat and take and drink the very body and blood of Christ in with and under that bread and wine, that your jar is being filled again and again and again. Dear Christian, that's how you prepare. You prepare by opening this book in your home throughout the week. You prepare as you open up your meditations devotions book that we send to all of our members at home. Open that up and get your jar filled. Or whatever devotion book you'd like to use at home. You get your jar filled as you come and you join in a Bible study with fellow Christians. All of these ways to stay ready, to stay focused, to be prepared for that coming again.
You know, maybe you're thinking, Pastor, well, you're kind of preaching to the choir here. I mean, we're the ones who are here, right? I mean, we're the ones here getting our jars filled. And, but, but maybe, maybe you needed to hear this. Like maybe, maybe your time here isn't as regular as you know it should be to get that jar filled regularly, word and sacrament. And maybe this has been the only time, just an hour a week that you're coming to fill your jar and, and the rest of the week you're kind of running on empty. But you know people who aren't filling that jar, who are fast asleep. Those who were welcome to the banquet, they are still welcome to the banquet, but if he would come today, you're not quite so sure if they'd be standing outside or not. Or maybe you do know that they would be standing outside. And I know, for many of you who are in those situations, it just tears you up. It hurts. To know that a loved one, someone that you care about, maybe a family member or a fellow member of this church is, might be standing outside and might hear those words of Jesus, I don't know you. And so for us, what is the call here to? to help others prepare. Again, you can't share your oil as it is in the parable. You can't give someone else your faith and say, well, my faith covers theirs. I took them to Sunday school when they were kids so that that's got to count for something. It doesn't work that way. But that you proclaim the loving warning to them. Jesus is coming back. I want you to be awake. I want you to be ready. I want your jar to be full. We need to encourage one another, as we heard in that lesson from 1 Thessalonians. We are to encourage each other and build each other up in faith to keep each other awake, to keep each other focused and keep each other ready and prepared. I mean, our family members, our fellow church members, we love them. We care about them. We want them in heaven with us. We want them in that heavenly banquet rejoicing with us. They've been invited. It's theirs. Let's pray. Let's warn. Let's call to repentance. Let's do that for them. Let's do that for each other. Let's constantly be keeping each other prepared for that day. Because we know, don't know the day or the hour, Jesus says right at the end of our lesson. I know it's morbid to think about, but today could be your last day. You may not make it home from church today. Jesus could come back before this church service even ends. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next hour, even the next minute. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. And so we want to be prepared. And that means today is the day to prepare. Today is the day to fill that jar and keep it full. So that when that bridegroom comes, it's a day of joy. It's a day of celebration. It's meant to be for us. It's a day when we will hear welcome. Welcome into the heavenly banquet. Welcome into the eternal feast. 
Welcome to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Let's fill our jars day after day after day. Let's be ready. Let's make each other ready and prepared. The most wonderful thing about all of this is that that same one who lovingly warns us is the same one who prepares us. Today, as as your pastor, I, I I plead with you with a pastor's heart to make yourself ready, to keep that jar filled. But these are the very words of Jesus. And he is calling to you. He is pleading with you. He is lovingly warning you. Your God, your Savior, your substitute, the one who is warning you is the one who prepares you to. The one who gives you the wedding clothes to wear. The robes of his righteousness. The one who washed you clean in your baptism and united you to himself. The one who loved you so much that he was willing to live this earthly life and suffer hell on a cross to take all of your sins. Who rose victoriously from the grave to assure you that there is a place for you at the wedding feast. There is a seat for you at that table. Jesus has done that all for you. And then he still comes to you in word and sacrament through the means of grace to strengthen you. To keep you in that faith. To keep that jar full. What a savior we have. The one who loves us. The one who holds us. The one who has a place saved for us at that table. Who every day is saying, come and fill your jar. Come and make yourself ready. Come and be prepared for when I come again. To welcome you. God, give us the strength and the desire and the ability to remain prepared, to remain ready to receive our Savior Jesus and that final and full redemption he brings. God, grant that to you. Amen. And now may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole soul and spirit and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord.